0: Libra Ford stands six feet five inches tall, and that's without heels. Her tall stature parallels her heightened perspective on circumstances, situations, and issues. As a former pro athlete and business owner, Libra champions elite personal behavior. She uses her education and experiences to cultivate effective goal setting that is manageable and sustainable. In addition, Over 20 years of corporate experience enables her to relate to multiple levels of business professionals. Libra's education includes a master's in business administration, certification as a life coach, as well as several speaking credentials through Toastmasters International. She's also working on a leadership credential from Harvard University. Currently, Libra is the chief operating officer for the second-largest minority agency in Oregon called Self-Enhancement Inc., also known as SEI. SEI provides culturally specific services for underrepresented youth and families in the Portland metro area. She also was appointed to the North Clackamas School Board in February of 2019, where she is the first African-American woman to serve. On May 21, 2019, she was elected to a full term as a director. Libra's education leadership experience spans over 18 years to include leading the grassroots movement in 2007 for the first hybrid K-12 charter school in Hawaii, which is now the largest charter in Hawaii. Lieber's most recent awards include the Women of Excellence for Social Justice in May 2019. Welcome to the Daughters of Change podcast. I'm Maurice Sola, and on this podcast, I'll be bringing you the stories of the women and girls from around the globe who are changing the world, each in their own unique way. Hey, Libra. It's so good to have you here today. And I want to welcome you to the Daughters of Change table. And that's, that Libra is coming from an analogy that you recently talked about in one of your um, motivational minutes. So I want to welcome you. And if you wouldn't mind just uh, talking a little bit about that analogy of coming to the table.
1: Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you for even having me at this table. I I have a lot of respect for tables, as you alluded to. And um, the way that I see a table is is an opportunity to to, uh, speak about change, to explore opportunities and change, and also to ground yourself in family or whatever that table is about, whether it's business systems. Um, the tables are a big deal. It's where it's where we begin to talk about movement in life and in systems and in business.
0: And so we, we have a responsibility when we're sitting at that
1: table, don't we? Absolutely, absolutely. For me, uh, I never miss dinner with my kids. Uh, it's one of my rules in my family. And as a single mom, it's my way of kind of catching up with their day and making sure that we're all on the same page. We laugh together. We understand maybe some challenges that each one of us are having, including myself. It's my opportunity to share with them, to listen to them, and for them to listen to me. So it's a beautiful thing. Tables are definitely a big responsibility, but there's also a big opportunity there. But if we take it seriously and we take those opportunities um, by the bullhorns and really move forward with it, uh, there's so much joy that can come out of it and so much progress that can come out of it.
0: Yeah, so when you're sitting there, there's... There's more to just list than just listening. It's it's a place to use your voice as well.
1: Yeah, and teach and teach how to use your voice. You know, some tables are just intimidating for folks, and uh, they don't like to join certain tables because they're like, I'm just not ready. And so, I like the table analogy because sometimes you can just start at your kitchen table, and it's less intimidating. It's comfortable, but you can start to learn how to use your voice, and then maybe you'll be ready to go to some of those bigger t- tables at another time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, instead of uh, musical chairs, we're going to be doing musical tables. Like, get to the table, use your voice,
1: <laughs> talk about
0: ways to make change, right? That's where conversations. I love it. The other thing I love about yeah. the analogy of a table, Libra, is that typically it has. A positive connotation, right? So, to me, it speaks of collaboration and conversation and give and take, and we don't see enough of that mm. right now. Uh, you actually uh, did one of your motivational minutes, you know, which I love. Uh, there, you just have this great mm. way of. Making analogies like the table, um, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. getting a point across in a way that's that's really understandable. And so, one of the motivational minutes that came to mind when we were just have, talking about sitting at the table was the idea of coming to a conversation and not why like not having to be right. Like having a conversation mm-hmm. where there's an actual exchange mm. of information. And so you're sitting at that table, which is one of your great analogies. And now you're there, you know, to have these conversations and to educate and to hopefully promote change. Talk a little bit about your analogy about having, I'm just going to say right conversations, if that's the the correct
1: word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, come to tables or come to conversations not necessarily looking to be proven wrong, right? And I think that's an ego thing. A lot of times people don't want to be proven wrong because it feels some kind of way, right? My entire life, I've believed this and now I'm sitting here and in this conversation, you're trying to tell me that everything I've experienced, every conversation I've had prior to this is wrong. Um, And that's a tough way to approach a table or conversation. But there's a lot of times that conversations are going on and you may not be right. You may not have the right answer. And it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you uh, an irrelevant person. It doesn't devalue you in any way. But I think it's really valuable to come to every conversation knowing that you could be wrong. And there's opportunity for you to learn and grow and instead of just saying, well, no, you know, I'm never going to be wrong. I'm, I'm always going to be right. Come to the conversation with no expectations and have a free-flowing conversation where everybody can grow.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, you know, when you come to a conversation and you have to be right, a lot of times you're not listening because your mind's already going to what you're going to say to right. prove the other pe- person wrong. and mm-hmm. And then it just becomes kind of a diatribe, you know, or, or individual yeah, people on soapboxes. Right. And I, it's so important now because there's so many things going on in the world. We have, people are talking about unco- uncomfortable conversations. And I think that's how you actually started that motivational minute. If I'm correct, we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, people are having uncomfortable mm-hmm. conversations. Well, why does it have to be why do we have to say it's uncomfortable? Why can't we say it's a conversation where you don't have to be right, right? It's a learning experience, as yeah. you said. Or, And so I think people put, people make it uncomfortable by their, their thought process of how it's going to be. Does that make sense? Oh,
1: yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's the reason why I like to use analogies is because analogies is a cognitive process, right? Like It's all about transferring information in the head. And a lot of times, The brain needs to have connectivity in order to really understand an abstract thought or a thought that's so vastly different from what you originally thought. Um, You need those connected lines. And so um, an analogy can help people make those connections. And it feels less of a, um, a moment of you just chastising someone and saying, you are wrong. It's more like, hey, well, have you ever looked at this? And then it's open-ended where people can be a little bit less intimidated by the opportunity of being um, incorrect and um, and learning something different.
0: Yeah, it's so important. It's so important in general, but it's so important right now, particularly in this country, mm-hmm. for people to be having these conversations where we're actually listening to one another and learning. And, you know, I was thinking... Um, before the podcast, the other day, you know, obviously, it's it's hard. Like you are all these awesome things rolled up into this like <laughs> six foot five badass woman, right? And so it was, it was hard to just sort of. I wasn't. I didn't want to. Like I was thinking. Well, would I say that? Libra is an activist or an educator. I mean, you're also a COO and a speaker. But, you know, I was looking up activist and educator and, you know, the definitions. And, you know, an activist is a person who campaigns to bring about political or social change. I'm like, okay— Right. Check that box. I mean, you're you're definitely talk about social change in, in a lot of your your social media and your motivational minutes. But then you also have this unique skill as an educator, um, which is just at your core. From what I read, like even as a child growing up in your family, education was important and your career mm-hmm. has spanned um like 18 years of, of working, you know, in and around education. And then you even homeschooled your kids. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute because right. I think there's probably some people listening that would love to get a few tips on that right now. Um, <laughs> but you just, you have this unique way of breaking things mm-hmm. down and and so that people can learn from what you're saying. Um, yeah. And, 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 So are you up for doing a little bit of a lightning, do a little bit of a lightning round on some of like the motivational minutes that you've done that have, that have just, so I'm just going to kind of whip through them. I'll, I'll give the, I'll kind of give the, the um, prompt and then you just let a rip and say what you want to say about that. So (laughs) are we right now in terms of racism in a moment or a movement?
1: Um, I believe we are in a movement, and mostly because I think the movement started years ago. The Civil Rights Movement was the beginning of it, but that was a mindset movement where we focused a lot on the paperwork and things that we needed to get down on paper and in the law. And this movement, I think, is more of a heart-set movement. People are moved. They're feeling something different. And so it absolutely is a movement in my mind.
0: I like that. You, you called it like a movement of the heart, which I think is, Mm -hmm. yeah, we all, we all have to be looking inward right now and thinking about how we're moving Mm -hmm. through the world. So, okay. How about this? Watch where you're swimming.
1: Oh, that's, one of my favorite things my kids would laugh if, if they were listening <laughs> um, so yeah you <laughs> you, you there, and not all waters before you you know some, sometimes you look at a pool and it's murky and, and we will instinctively not jump in um, but then you get online and someone starts to to go after you in a way that makes you feel some kind of way and they're they're being harmful in their words And then we respond to that. And and I see that as jumping in a murky pool. There's no lifeguards. You're swimming at your own risk. And is it really necessary? And so it's really important that you pay attention to what pools you're jumping into and if it's absolutely necessary for you to be in those pools.
0: Nice. How about, this was one of my favorites. I think this was this next one, (laughs) Libra. You did such a great job. In my opinion, with this explanation, so I'm I'm going to just lead up to say, stay in your lane.
1: Oh, and again, my kids will laugh. Like my kids are not impressed by me. By the way, so all these <laughs> things you say, I say them all the time, <laughs> and they, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, whatever. And Mom says that all the time. Um, yeah, you got to stay in your lane. I think it's important when we drive and down the lane in the car uh, in America, because in other countries, this is not true. But in America, we stay in lanes. We know that the dotted line means that I stay here and if I'm changing lanes, I have to turn on my signals in order to get into that lane. And a lot of times, a lot of this discussion around Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, all these things that people are saying, they're different lanes. And and we all are trying to get to our destination safely. In order to get there safely, we have to stay in our lanes or turn on our signals in a courteous way to interject and get into a different lane. And many people, when they have these conversations, they do not turn their signals on. They just butt into the lane. And that's where we're having a whole lot of accidents. And sometimes the cars are being totaled. It's just not cool. Stay in your lane. Stay <laughs> You hear that everybody? Stay
0: in your lane. <laughs> and don't and don't slow down and stop somebody from saying what they have no. to say by getting in their lane and stopping them, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I- That's how it started for me. That morning someone cut me off and I was like, What is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> but- then it just took me to this whole thought of like, This is what the world is about right now. So yeah.
0: I love the way your mind works. It's like, you know,
1: yes. but,
0: you know, I can tell, like I can see, like even talking to you on Zoom when I could see, like you could see the wheels spinning in there and and I think we <laughs> talked about the fact that you like have these really deep philosophical thoughts. So to get them out, you put them into yeah. analogies, right? So right. So that one, I loved that one because that one, th- that one about staying in your lane, um, you know, that, came back out with the resurgence of everybody really starting to talk about Black Lives Matter again, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, after not really a lull, but, you know, all of a sudden it was after George Floyd. It was, um, you know, it was— right out there again. And people are like, well, all lives matter. And it's like, well, yeah, duh, but that's mm-hmm, like, that's not mm-hmm. what, that's not what people are saying, right? right? They're not saying, but you did right. such a great job of saying, yeah, you know, we're all in our lanes and we all want to get there safely. And of course, all of us right. matter, but like, don't jump in my lane. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> right. I'm just trying to be clear right here where I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I said, and analogies are, you're absolutely right. They are my way of, um, I have some friends that always say that I'm always in the deep side of the ocean and Many times they're like, come on the shallow side with the rest of us. So I've learned um, to kind of have conversations through analogies so that some of my deep, deeper thoughts are not, I don't want to intimidate anyone, right? Like I think, and I also don't want to dim my light either. And right. so it's kind of my way of finding a balance between the two things.
0: Yeah. It's important though because so many people nowadays we're so used to like these snippets, right? Like headlines and mm-hmm. and memes and you know, I to be able to get profound and important thoughts and information out and to do it like you're doing your motivational minutes. They're they're short, but they're profound. Mm-hmm. And you're able to sort of mm-hmm. distill it down. So you you have that sort of communication je ne sais quoi right and and um, you know perhaps from your background as an educator or just some people just have a knack for it man and you've got a knack for it it's really good so how, how about this one we <laughs> don't have you. we don't have a kid problem we have an adult problem
1: oh yeah so that that comes from. <laughs> that comes from a long line of people in my life, but we absolutely do not have a kid problem. A lot of times we walk around and say, Oh my God, these kids, these days. No, it, it's adults. I think as we get older, we forget how to think from the purest place in our heart. And we forget how to act from the purest place in our heart. Our minds get filled up with clutter and, um, and, things that have been told to us and things we've seen that have damaged our vision and kids don't have those issues and a lot of times they see things from the purest place and we have to go back to them sometimes and get the answers and stop thinking that as adults we know everything because we do not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And it's funny, you know, I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and we're talking about these kids at Table like sounds like an old fart. That's what our parents used to say about <laughs> us, right? Like remember when exactly. we were the kids that and and it's funny because my experience through Daughters of Change, um, I've I've been blessed to work with and meet a lot of young people. Um and they're amazing what they're out there doing. Mm. And and I'm like mm-hmm. I'm, I hear people go, yeah, hey, snowflakes or whatever, whatever. It's like, first of all, snowflakes, by mm-hmm. the way, are maybe they melt, but they're all different and beautiful. So hello, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just like sorry to sorry to yeah. you know cramp your style on that analogy, it's folks. A great analogy, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and but the young people I've met are so much less apathetic. You know, I mean, they're out there, they're doing mm-hmm. something, they're frustrated. I, they're frustrated with the fact mm-hmm. that the adults aren't hearing the things that they're concerned about. So they're out there right. making shit happen themselves.
1: I, Right. You know, and, and let us not forget that they are, um, it's messy and it's every movement has been messy. I just had this conversation with another adult in my life, uh, older than myself, And um, one of the things that we forget is the civil rights movement was not this neat and tidy movement. It was messy also. But a lot of times when you go into past those moments and movements and then you get to now where it's now history, we package it in a way that sounds so pretty. Mm -hmm. Oh, on day one, we were upset. Day two, we, we, we created all this paperwork and we had an act. And day three, the president signed it not true at all. It was messy and it was, uh, and it was problematic and it was dynamic and it's movement and we're in it right now. And a lot of people want it to be packaged as we package history, but you don't live it the way that you read it. And we have to be okay with that.
0: Really, really well said. Very well said. And a great point because that is true. I mean, um, I'm, actually old enough to kind of remember the civil rights (laughs) (laughs) being 39 and all i mean i was a little too young to march but um but i do remember the conversations around the table uh the difference though back then as well is we only had first of all three tv stations you had abc cbs and NBC. Mm -hmm. you had news like Mm -hmm. two i think two times only two times or maybe it was like I don't even know if there was a morning news back there. There was the the 6 o'clock and the 11 o'clock news. And then you had newspaper, right? So you didn't have social media. You didn't have—it wasn't—you knew what was going on, but you didn't see it 24-7. So it probably made it a little bit easier to compartmentalize it and think it wasn't messy. Do you know what I mean? Now you have everything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everything's happening. As it's, you know, as it's going on, but that's a, that's, right. yeah, it is. Mess. This the change is messy, mm-hmm. right?
1: I mean, it is messy and it's okay.
0: Exactly.
1: It's okay. We'll be okay. We it, will live. <laughs> absolutely. There's, you know what? It's
0: good to get messy. Like I always mm-hmm. used to encourage I'm my great. kids to play in the damn mud puddle, like go and get dirty mm, You're right. a kid get messy. <laughs> you know? That's
1: right. I agree. Yeah. You find, you find yourself in the mess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There. Okay. Wait. That's good. You find yourself in the mess. I just want to repeat that. That's really good. You find yourself in the mess. I like that. So there. Are, have you? I'm waiting for like uh, memes to show up with your uh, with your quotes on them. I think that's next. You know. I just like, I have to say to Tanner, Libra needs her own podcast, but I probably don't need to, probably, I'm not, probably not the first person that's told you that. I'm thinking, yeah, because you need one more thing on your plate yeah. right now. You just do not have enough going I, on.
1: I just don't know how to do it. That's why I've never done it. So oh. it's completely intimidating to me. Oh, no, it's,
0: it's totally easy. It's totally easy. You and I will talk. If if I could do it, you could do it. Trust me. Sometimes it's just about jumping into the puddle and getting messy. Yeah, that's uh, there all. it is. You yeah. find
1: yourself in the mess, so I guess I got to take my own advice.
0: Yeah, right. That's it. <laughs> Jump right into that mud puddle. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So, the motivational minutes. You started those. When did you start those? But it, it, it seems like you started them earlier, maybe two thousand eighteen, or was it even sooner than that? Earlier than that. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. I think I played around with it a lot. So this goes back to, I was a Toastmaster for years and I competed in it on the international speech competition level for two consecutive years. I won in the state of Hawaii and then in the state of Oregon. And so when that happened, I was using the platform Facebook to kind of practice my speaking because I had to get in front of Thousands of people from all over the world and speak in these competitions. And so I was playing with this motivational minute idea because everything in Toastmasters is based on time. And I would get on for a minute. And my goal was to learn the rhythm of a minute so that when I had one minute left in the competition, I would know the rhythm of a minute. Oh, wow. And um, and so I came up with the idea of a motivational minute because the last minute of the competition should be your most motivational moment in your five minutes, five to seven minute speech. And that's where it really started. So that was like 2014. But I wasn't always saying motivational minute initially because I was like still learning in my own style and trying to mm-hmm. figure it out. So I would say like 2016, I probably really just dug into this idea of it. But it, then it went to fitness for me because... I had gained 100 plus pounds in the stresses of my life and then I had found this whole energy of healing and so my motivational minutes really were focused on um, self and Mm -hmm. and the healing that I was going through and then it kind of transformed and then I started teaching fitness once I lost all the weight and I started teaching and motivating people so then it just went into okay you guys you can do this and it just kind of went into this outward thing and then we got into this pandemic and it just transformed into this. So I've always kind of, it's always been relevant to where I sit in life. Um, and it's, it's always been helpful personally for myself, mostly that's where it started from, but now it's more outward for other people.
0: Yeah. They're, they're really, they're, um, picking up some, some speed here. They're like a snowball, (laughs) right? I mean, I'm looking at the, the, yeah. And I, you know, I posted, um, one of your motivational minutes yesterday on my Facebook saying, hey, you know, I'm really psyched to be talking um, to Libra tomorrow in the podcast studio. And I think it was my niece gets back and she goes, oh, my God, you're interviewing her. I love her. Like, I became cool auntie. I want you to know that, like, you, like as I was, I'd was, i like to think I was already kind of a cool auntie, but, like, I think you just, like, yeah. my street creds just went up with, like, the millennials in my life. we uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, cool.
0: But they're, you know, that's they're picking cool. up steam.
1: They are. I, I um, so I've, Like I said, I was always doing them. I probably got about like 40, maybe 40 likes or so. It was the COVID one that, and I wasn't even paying attention. I posted a uh, an analogy about COVID and how Black people feel, like this whole shutdown of the nation, and everyone was talking about what it felt like to be in COVID and shut down. And then I posted this analogy of what that felt like compared to being a Black person in America. And I went to bed. I, I posted it I think like, I don't know, sometime that evening before I went to bed. In about 3 a.m., the marketing person from my agency that I work at texted me and it was multiple times, so it made me wake up. I heard it. And I look at my text and he's like, holy cow, go look at your post. And I'm like, what is he talking about? So I turn around, I go to bed, go back to sleep. I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. I wake up and it's like close to 500,000 people had watched it and it was it was shared like twenty thousand times. And I was like, What? What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. You just girl, you just yeah. went viral
0: with the virus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so I and then I wake up and I realize it. So I call on them. I'm like, what does this mean? Because you know, this is what he does for a living. And he's like, it means you're going viral viral. And I'm like, Are you serious right now? What do I do? Like, just sit back in his Oh so yeah. And then after about a week, I was like, Hey, what do I do? Did I do something with this? And then I posted a thank you because I got so much incredible feedback, just people super positive and really encouraging words from other people uplifting me where I was just trying to, you know, uplift other people. And so I posted a thank you. And then he quickly says to me, now you just got to keep posting. You got to be consistent. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I just been following his lead, honestly. (laughs)
0: That's good advice though. And it's, and they're, you know, but they're helpful. I mean, they're, they're like, you know, it's just sitting here as you were saying them, like, you know, really you're a thought leader. Is a lot, you know, activist, um, activist, educator kind of rolled up in one. I'm like, change maker, thought leader, daughter of change. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. Let's, I love it. Let's talk about Self Enhancement Inc. for a minute, because not okay. only are you a thought leader, an activist, an educator, a speaker, um, and by the way, a fitness guru. Hello, I had forgot to talk about that before. <laughs> but your job, you work for the second Largest nonprofit agency in Oregon what? is that correct? Did I have that right? You're the you're the COO.
1: Second largest um, minority owned agency uh, nonprofit in Oregon, and that's only to the um, casinos here in Oregon. Oh wow! So yes, uh, yeah, and I am the COO of that. We service about sixteen thousand youth and families every year, and we focus on Black youth and um, families here in Oregon.
0: And so that the name of the organization is Self-Enhancement Inc. And we're going to make sure that yes. there's links to all of this in the show notes. And it's referred to sort of the acronym is SEI, correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. And yep. and That's so most people know
0: it as. as SEI. So tell the listeners a little bit more about what you do there, because it's, it's a really cool organization. And by the way, you can (laughs) donate to it if you want. Just saying. So um, tell us a little bit (laughs) more. (laughs) Just throwing it out there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, we are a nonprofit. So everyone that participates, participates with no charge to them. And we focus on at-risk youth and families, um, primarily Black youth and families, but everyone's welcome. And we do it through a lens of an African-American culture. But we have three components. We do uh, in-school programming where we are attached to a caseload at every school that we're associated with. And that caseload is um, kind of, we we do what we call a relationship model. So we're a parent, a teacher, and a um, mentor to our caseloads throughout the day inside of the school. And then after school, we do after school programming which is an opportunity to um, see different things in life and see what they would like to do because we believe life has options. That's our tagline. So after school programming, we expose them to new and new things that maybe they would have never seen before. And then our last component is what we call our wraparound services, where we service the families of those youth. So we know that at-risk children go home to at-risk families. So we support families in anything that they need to be productive and progressing in life Um, because we can't have our children going home to that and thinking that they're going to um, excel. We do this from the grades of sixth sixth grade all the way up to 25. We do not let a student go until they either have graduated from college or at least two years of post-secondary school or a living wage um, job. So we believe in the continuum. We believe in producing positive contributing citizens to America, um, and we're committed to doing that every single day.
0: What a fantastic mission, you know, to be all encompassing like that. And when you think of, um, you know, the the repercussions of that, how that expands, like your how many lives you're touching actually with each student that you work with, and then mm-hmm. it's yeah. just I I love organizations like that, really. Yeah. You, that, like you must go to work and be yeah. like, I love what I do, right? Like what I do is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I do. I actually, I really do love what I do. I couldn't ask for anything better and I can be fully me, right? Cause these kids are actually, um, they're replicas of me in my childhood and somebody was there for me when I was a kid and uh, my, my all time favorite quote, and I can't think about who said it, um, but if I think about it, I'll send it to you, is it only takes one caring adult to create a successful child. And we never know what that child will be. You know, they can invent something that can solve a a world challenge. Um, They can be a leader in a way that could change our nation for the better. Um, So we have to make sure we put the energy into every child because they could be the next answer.
0: Yeah, they're our future that's our future right there mm-hmm. the future and
1: mm-hmm. yep. and
0: with thinking about the future what what do you want so you have girls right you you're mm-hmm. a mother of daughters yeah. what what is the world like what do you want for your daughters what is the world that you're hoping to help create or the change um so for your daughters and you know, eventually, probably grandkids, but you're not old enough for that yet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, not yet. Hopefully, my oldest is twenty, so. Oh, but I'm I not didn't realize put that, that. Out there yet. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah. all right. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. I was that age um, when I was a mother. But she needs to finish school first. She's got to finish school first. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, she's in college right now, but um, I think what what I advocate for is everything that I do is around youth in my career, in my volunteering, and. Um, just everything in my parenting, I think I advocate for them to walk the planet that looks differently than what I see today. And that could be a very small change. I'm not looking to solve all world's problems, but I do think there needs to be um, a path laid for them that's a little bit smoother than the path that I had. And I think if each one of us do that, and we can... We, we package together um, a gift for the future and a gift for our future leaders that allows them to breathe a little bit freer, to walk a little bit taller, and to be a little bit more confident in, uh, on the planet. So that is my goal. Um, someone did that for me, and they didn't know my name. And now I get to do things that those individuals that fought for me to do what I do today um, I get to do that, and so I hope that I can do the same for our future children, our future leaders. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing you're doing, Libra Ford.
0: It's really cool. Before we get to sort of our wrap up, like you know, my two like questions that I always ask everybody, uh, I I wanted to just touch base because of the time we're in right now with. Uh, you know, uncertainty around schooling and should you be sending your kids or not? Some school, you know, some school systems are opening, some aren't, you know, they're hybrid. You actually, I read that you actually homeschooled your kids for a bit. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. So, and I did that in Hawaii because um, Hawaii's education system is really challenging. It's a hospitality state. So I didn't realize that when we lived there. So I chose to homeschool my children and it's a beautiful place too, right? So I wanted to really kind of take in the place that we lived together and have this rigid schedule of going to school. And so doing that was a wonderful experience. I was able to really push our family values um, in a teaching setting and learn a lot about my kids. Uh, as you as you teach them, you learn a lot about them, a lot about you as a parent. Um, So that was a beautiful thing. And then it turned into a school. And so um, me and a couple of the parents were doing the same thing in in Hawaii. We were all military families um, going through the war time at at that time. And um, we really felt strongly about our kids staying close to home, but yet not being penalized by the public school system because they were homeschooled. So we created a public charter school that allowed them to be home three days a week and be uh, at a school two days a week with um, highly qualified teachers from the state. And that school still exists today. And so it's a hybrid model school and it, it's pretty successful. So I'm excited about the times now because it seems like we might be adding that to our curriculum and our way of teaching our children. It's a, There's a lot of value to it if the, if the family can do it. It's not for every kid, but it is an option for many kids. And I, I'm excited to see us potentially add that to our system.
0: So that was that was like the first hybrid K through 12 charter school in Hawaii too, right? That that you yeah. helped to start at, as from grassroots. So any tips right. for parents that maybe uh listening that are struggling a little bit, maybe they hadn't intended to be doing mm-hmm. the homeschooling or <laughs> or maybe now they're thinking yeah you know, maybe I want to do that, but any like something Mm -hmm. you wish you had known or somebody had told you going into it, any like tidbits of advice on that?
1: Yeah, I think there's three things always. One, be kind to yourself and kind to your children, always. (laughs) Um, I think that we put way too much pressure on ourselves when things like this happen. And the second thing is that you got to really rethink um, what you believe education is and And sitting behind a desk with a chalkboard or a whiteboard is not always the only way children have to learn. And so really reconsider um, education in a different way. Kids are learning by sitting with you and learning how to cook with you. Everyone cooks together. Kids are learning when you garden together. Kids are learning when you take a walk together. There's other ways to learn. They don't have to be at a desk and writing a lesson. So really think about that and and digest that for yourself. And then the last thing that is really important, I think, to understand during these times, there will be no other time like this one in history. And you and your children are living it. Really talk to them about them, about what's happening. How do they feel about it? Reflect with them. Maybe start a diary together, a family diary. There's no better lesson than this uncertain time right now. And there's no book that has been written about it. you got to live it, and you got to reflect on it and you got to talk about it and I guarantee we're either going to see great leaders in the future ten fifteen years from now, or we're going to see very confused leaders. so I guess we just have to wait and see. but I think that there is an opportunity here for us to to learn differently and be okay with it
0: we have a We have some really confused leaders right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one shall we vote? Which one's going to be less yeah. confused? No. <laughs> anyway, right. we so we've got the bars low. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's my, so low. <laughs> there's like one political statement for Daughters of Change yeah. Day. You're all confused, gentlemen. <laughs> all of
1: you. Every single one of you. Jesus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So Libra yeah as we're yeah. oh just really quickly before we wrap I just want to throw in the the truth Tuesday tailgates for people in mm-hmm. that's in the uh the greater Portland Oregon area if people are interested I mean yeah. obviously they can't tailgate probably from Maine or I mean I suppose they could <laughs>
1: <but>. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, for right now, it is just um, the Portland metro area, but we we do plan on expanding it. We had our last one yesterday. We did a total of 10 weeks um, every Tuesday, and it was awesome. We had about six to 10 people. We'd sit in the parking lot and just have some really um, deep race relation conversation based on their specific ecosystems and what they're going through. So we're trying to create something that's a little bit more... um, Uh, expansive geographically. Um, Now that we've closed it out yesterday, we're going to do some type of reunion for folks, but it was a great opportunity, not just for others, but great for me to meet different people and hear what their ecosystems are dealing with during these times. Really, really a, a, a wonderful opportunity. People are incredible. There are more good people than bad. And these types of things for me are the way that I just keep reminding myself it seems it seems bad but it's really all
0: good yeah this is people there are see i've always said that people go oh like where's your unicorn and i'm like well mine's parked in the driveway where's yours you know it's like i it's like you dish in my unicorn i don't think so it takes like way less gas than your hummer honey but i yeah. uh-huh. i agree and that is a way that reminds you, right? So, if so, for people that are interested um, to learn more about the Motivational Minutes or the Truth Tuesday Tailgates and all this, everything will be in the links on the show notes. But it's easy to find Libra on social media because she is a B tall Libra. Because Libra, <laughs> as you as you heard in the um, intro, is six foot five. Of badass woman, <laughs> that's in her stocking feet. Okay. So, so you remember, be tall, Libra, and you'll be able to find her on social media and learn more about this, uh, about what she's doing. And if you want to get involved. Uh, so, Libra, as we start to wrap things up, what is mm-hmm. the best advice or analogy that you have for the daughters mm-hmm. of change out there listening today?
1: Oh, the best advice. Um, I would say this I have this concept called lean in. You know, a lot of times when things get difficult, the first thing we want to do is is lean out and, and get out of the way, get out of the line of fire, and not really um, deal with uh, what's happening. and And I really like to think of it as more of a lean in opportunity right now. There's a lot of emotions. Good and bad. There's a lot of things that we don't want to deal with, but Lean In for Me um, is an acronym and it means to look. So make sure you open your eyes um, figuratively and also literally to all things and be clear what you're seeing, reflect on it. E. Educate yourself, be educated, Um, find alternative education options, not just the traditional. Um, And then assess them. Um, Make sure that you're looking at things. From all angles, ask good questions of people that you trust, and then, and you know, notice everything in, in everyone around you. Acknowledge them as you're reading, as you're learning. Um, make sure that you're noticing what what that education is bringing into you. And then, I initiate change in your behavior, in your personal behavior. Don't look at other people. Initiate the change in yourself first, and then, and never give up. You know, you always got to keep hope as we have children being born every day. That tells us that we can't give up. So never give up.
0: I love that. Lean in. How do we connect and support you and your efforts? People out there listening.
1: Oh, wow. Um, I think that right now I'm I'm really uh, massaging this idea that people recognize me as a thought leader. and And so just Honest feedback is what I appreciate. It helps me grow. People listening to it, it helps me um, understand what people need. I want to help people. I, I really like to see people be their best elite self. Um, it's, it's a passion of mine. So anything I can do to help people do that, give me a ring, shoot me a message, and I, I'm all ears. Love it.
0: Before we side off, Libra,
1: any final thoughts? Um, No. Well, the, I think the biggest thing is the be tall thing. I think a lot of times people see be tall and they automatically just assume it's around me being a tall person. And it is. But it's also an acronym because I'm always about other people um, being great. And so be tall actually stands for B, uh, T, thriving all the time. Never forget to thrive. And also, um, you want to make sure that you are aspiring towards whatever your goals are and then laughing a lot and loving always.
0: Boom. Libra, thank you so much for gracing us with your enormous heart and spirit and being on the Daughters of Change podcast today. It's really been an honor and a pleasure to have you here.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you for having me I. I'm truly honored to be a part of this podcast and everything that Daughters of Change is about is is so in line with me. So I appreciate you, Marie.